Broadcasting from Boston, Massachusetts, the Smart Cities podcast is the only podcast dedicated to all things smart cities. The podcast is the creation of ARC Advisory Group's Smart City Practice. ARC advises leading companies, municipalities, and governments on technology trends and market dynamics that affect their business and quality of life in their cities. To engage further, please like and share our podcast or reach out directly on Twitter at Smart City Viewpoints or on our website at www.arcweb.com backslash industries backslash smart dash cities. Hello, everyone. My name is Anju. I'm an analyst with ERC Advisory Group. And today I come up with a podcast on how robotics is playing a role in fighting the COVID-19 pandemic. Today, I'm going to speak with Simi Wang. She is a global director of sales at Kinon Robotics. Simi, we are glad to have you. Hi, hello, everyone. Uh, this is Simi from Kinon. Uh, yeah, it's my pleasure to be on this platform today, and uh, I'm really looking forward to the interview. Well, thank you. So before we start, Sini, uh, why don't you tell us something about yourself and about Kinon Robotics? Yeah, so uh, for myself, I'm more in charge of the global business. So basically what I'm doing every day is to have meeting with uh, our potential uh, partner company uh, in a, uh, all over the world. And also our company, uh, we sell robots in general. So what we sell, we are not like the um, typical idea of the inter- industrial robots. We are mainly focusing on the service robot. So um, how our robots are used, they are mostly used in the, for example, hospitality industry and also in like uh, hospitals, elder care center, shopping mall. Uh, casino like um, all kind of the industry so they are basically like um, guiding people or delivery um, like a food or goods and for example in our company they are delivering package which is quite cute because they are um, helping us to deliver the mails to all the, our colleagues yeah so um, that is um, what our company basically do and we started at 2010 and we go through all the all kind of the development and the market growing of the service robot. And we started to have more people in our company in 2017. For example, we, um, we grow from 30 people to 250 people now. So yeah, it's quite exciting to be in the company because we can feel like, yeah, we are in a trend, um, part of the trend of the world. And yeah, actually, I love my work a lot. Well, that's quite impressive that how your company has grown. So to start with, as we all know that the world continues to fight the novel coronavirus and countries are looking towards technologies to contain the spread. So Simi, how do you think that robotics and automation is helping us in this crisis? Yeah, so I will say because the main issue of the coronavirus is the contact because it's easy to get infected by um, contact with the people or and um, robot actually quite helpful in this case because I also saw a lot of news that mentioning about the robots they deliver the groceries and they deliver the food um, for outdoor delivery 
and also for um, for example in a hospital they help to treat clients and also for uh, disinfection and the delivery in the hospital and quarantine so um, because of this uh, need of the contactless idea that's why the robots was actually helping with the situation in like recently um, also after the COVID-19 I mean uh, for example in China it's getting better in after this um, after a few months so now we are having some robot delivering dishes in a contactless restaurant after they open to be to reduce the contact and also increase the hygiene of the food so yeah I will say um, in this time, robot really play a crucial part to help with the shortage of the, um, yeah, the human powers in this in this um, crucial stage. Well, yes, uh, that's definitely uh, robots bring a critical role. So, if I say like we don't know that COVID nineteen how long it's going to be and how it's going to end. So, can we say that uh, COVID nineteen will accelerate an automated future? Actually, I do feel it like now because uh, recently we have some news release in different countries about our delivery and disinfection robots. And we uh, received quite a lot of inquiries from all the companies in the world. And uh, what they are looking into is like they... Um, they start. They feel the pain point because some of the industry, in fact, they have a lot of shortage and high turnover rate of the employees. For example, in elder care center and hospital, and also um, in some of the restaurant. For example, if they are under a more um, like a high speed of in the restaurant, and mostly if the employees are under high pressure. The turnover rate uh, are also high, and therefore the training costs uh, also raise a lot. Um, mm -hmm. So therefore, uh, the COVID nineteen because now it's more like uh, robot can help. So uh, people are using them, and after they see this, they just start to figure what if uh, it is also it may also be a solution in the future if this ended. So um, yeah, it's kind of start to bring this topic to people, and people start to think about it. And um, also, we have quite a lot of concern about robots taking away jobs from people. Right. Um, but now, actually, we started to um, shift it in, uh, think of it in another way. Because um, what robot now, they are more like a machine. So it's more like helping people to substitute the events, like the repetitive job in the data, like in the work. So therefore... Uh, the more, the, for example, for restaurant, they can focus more on the customer service. And for the hospital, they can focus more on the treatment and like more professional um, works instead of just spending time for do the physical job of delivery and some regular routines. I see. So as we know that uh, your company is providing rewards for healthcare and the hospitality sector. So, and recently you have introduced a new product, disinfectant robots. So would you like to share something about that? Yeah. yeah. Um, so the disinfection robot is actually also a new product for us. Um, why we started to think about it is after we 
for example, in January, the COVID-19 started to have the outbreak in China and we started to work from home. And at that time, we are actually quite dis, um, desperate because uh, most of our clients before, they are from hospitality industry. And as you can, as you know, like most of the restaurants, they will be closed and they are losing a lot of money. They don't have any, um, yeah, like extra uh, finance for investment. Mm -hmm. So um, we were kind of helpless then. But after, but like after a few weeks, we started to have the, some hospitals started to contact us. They were like, we need some, we are really um, lack of people lack of the people because we need a lot of people and also they need to deliver the food to the um and also sanitary documents or docu sanitary products and also documents to the um uh, their patient but mm -hmm. you know because it is a really infectious disease and they were they were also stuck in this part so they started to um think and they found oh okay there's a delivery robot out there they may help so that's why we started to think okay hospital the hospital there may be one industry that we can apply our robots in and therefore after that we started to also adapt our current key one delivery model we put the chemical spray instead of trays in the t1 so we have our first uh, disinfection robot. It is a chemical disinfection robot that you can put, for example, alcohols and any kind of the chemicals and to do the disinfection. And after that, we, uh, there, after that we have like a more advanced uh, version, which is the UV disinfection robots. They can do the UV and chemical disinfection uh, at the same time. So, so I will say it is where we get the idea from after we started to have the inquiry. So all of them it, uh, originate from the demand. We see the demand and therefore we create a solution. Yeah. Right. So I see that uh, your robots use machine vision and LIDAR technology. So do you outsource this technology or it is in-house production? Uh, it's actually developed by our own technician the navigation part the system because uh, of course we use some part of them uh, like the hardware we outsource them mm -hmm. we bought them from some other manufacturers but the the main key technology of the obstacle avoidance is developed by our company and how can I say so is because the uh, precision of the navigation of the robot uh, for like our robot is the um, highest in the market the precision is down to one centimeter. We used to try um, for the robot to record, record the position. And after that, we tell the robot to go back to the position and the direction of the robot and also the position of the robot, they are exactly the same as what we had before. Like the uh, difference is less than one centimeter. So um, all the technology we develop by, key technologies we de develop by our company because that is how we uh, differ differentiate ourselves in the market. Yeah. Right. And um, seeing that, I mean, uh, I've, we have read that there are a lot of robotics company who have actually uh, emerged in this situation. So what would you like to talk about the threats of competition in this market? 
Yeah, so for competition, I believe uh, they are more diverse, honestly, because the service robot is a new sector of the industry. Before, um, they are more people are focused more on industrial robots instead of service robot. So for service robot, in this moment, the competition is growing, but it's still not as competitive as the industrial robot market. And um, especially for service robot, the the first developer will be Pepper, I would say. Like they are focusing a lot on the interaction and the um and the software system. So and also education. And however, our robot is focusing more different. Is focusing more on the mission and the function, which is delivery, and also the guiding. So um. I would say most of the service robot in the market now, they focusing they are focusing more on education and interaction, and mm-hmm. for delivery and guiding, they are not so much in the market. Um, yeah, because we also did a lot of competitor research in this moment. However, um, like. If you count the companies that are doing the delivery robot, there are maybe around five to ten companies only. If uh, when I say five to ten, it means the the products is mature enough and they are already tried in the market and they are able to be traded. Yeah, so um, I would say the competition so far is still growing because people wasn't aware. They weren't aware of this um, market yet before, and by COVID nineteen, also I will say it's just because two thousand twenty is almost an era for the service robot to grow. Right. Um, even if there are no COVID nineteen, we also feel a lot of growth after uh, we attended the CES exhibition this year in two thousand twenty in U- in the US. Yeah, so. Um, that's why uh, the competition so far are not so fierce, but it's still growing. Yeah. I see. So we clearly uh, understood that uh, you're more into service robots business. Uh, any plans that you uh, diversify into the industrial area, like robots for industries? Mm, honest, honestly, we don't think so. A few points, because first, the uh, industry robot. Um, like for our robots, we have some limitation of our robot. So, for example, first our navigation is uh, depends on the reflection of the robot, uh, reflection of the text. So, therefore, if the robot the the sunshine is too strong, the robot will be the navigation will be affected, and it won't be as precise as it can be. So uh, most of our robots are working indoor. And mm-hmm. the second part is because we have the weight load, maximum weight load, which is around 60 kilograms of the robot. So mm-hmm. they are mainly um, more suitable for, like, for the uh, shipping the lighter things instead of using them in a factory. And the third part is also the design because the design of our robot, it is mainly f- um, for, like, it looks good and it, um, it is really accessible. If you, like, because we, uh, we design it as the same height as the human, so all the traits is easy, it's really easy for you to take them directly. Yeah, but in the industrial section, the 
I think the robot will focusing more on how much the robot, how much good, how much wet load the robot can afford, and and the robot will be able to have to be able to be navigated in a more difficult or like a more um, um, like extreme environment. So it's not what we are targeting at. And the final part actually is because the value of our robot is in the navigation. So it is made to be navigated in a crowded uh, environment, like a restaurant and or hospital. That the robot can show its value by the agile, uh, the agility. So in the industrial um, industry, our robot will lose our main competitive, um, com- like a main feature. So it doesn't really is not really our uh, consideration. Yeah. I see. Well, that's informative. So, um, as we all know that uh, industrial production is badly hit by the COVID-19 situation. So, how, as a robotic company, you have tackled this challenging situation where there is limited workforce and how are you overcoming it? Yeah, so uh, I would say it is, I totally understand it is really hard for all the industry in this moment. We have lots of clients working from home and also um, one or two months ago, we were quite worried about all the logistics and all the, because the logistics was kind of slowed down or almost stopped in the moment and we have no way to ship out our robots. And um, we also facing the, like a transformation, um, like the, or the, like we have to transform because like our original target industry is not, um, yeah, is now facing the difficulty. So I would say um, maybe there are two advice I can give. First is that we have to support the industry. Um, for example, the restaurant industry that now is now is facing the difficulty because I saw a lot of like fundraising events and some way to transform the industry, for example, do the delivery and help them to reach their their customers, even if now they are, they are forced to close. And also, um, yeah. So by this, because everyone know there is a difficulty and, it is the only way which we can figure it out is to work together. And the second part is, I think uh, it may be a good idea to transform because now it is like, it's an extreme situation. So the way we used to do before is not applying. Um, it doesn't work now. So for mm-hmm. example, we have to work from home and we cannot um, go to the networking event and a lot of disposition, uh, like uh, expos and the trade fairs are, are stopped, forced to stop. So, so in this kind of situation, uh, we have to trans- change the way we used to this stuff. So for example, um, we start to find clients online and we start to um, reach our industry. We have to be more agile to, for the information and for the things that are going to happen because we don't know what, to ha- what will happen next. Yeah, so um, that may be the two advice that I can give, depends on the current situation. But for sure, um, yeah, it depends on the industry. Everybody have a different issue to sort out. So um, this is just my personal opinion, yeah. Well, okay. So lastly, would I 
where I would like to end this podcast asking is, uh, how do you see what would be the trends to watch for in the robotics industry after COVID-19? Yeah, so after COVID-19, I would say the trend uh, is more positive as what we currently is um, like as what we currently feel from the signals in China. So uh, now we already get back to the office and we receive quite we receive some information from some restaurants. They are looking into more into the risk reduction. So um, yeah, like after the COVID nineteen. They start to think the automation. There may be um, a way to decrease to reduce the risk if this kind of thing happened in the future. Because if you are used, yeah, like for example, in this moment, I know a lot of employees and also employers. They are really suffering because, like, um, because of the lack of the business. So uh, some of them may face, they have, may have the debt to pay, and some of them. Yeah, they have the rent to pay, and it is it is hard for both sides. Yeah, but by using the um robot, they may reduce the change they will face if they face this situation again. Like um, so it may be a chance to for the automation to grow. Yeah, and um, also the second part is for the contactless part. So uh, for example, things around late february we started to cooperate with the chinese delivery platform mm-hmm. meituan they are the biggest delivery delivery platform in china and we they start to use our robots to in the burger king and some of the like uh, big chinese chain in china and we the robot deliver the food from the kitchen to the customer directly and therefore the food wasn't um, having other human contact um, during the preparation besides in the kitchen yeah so um, so I will say it is uh, kind of a way for people to rethink it and robots because they are really new for the whole world too and when the whole world start to be forced to change and they have to start to think of other ways to deal with the current problems. So therefore, um, that's why uh, we feel it may be, it may like a fasten the time and uh, acceptance for that world to the robots. Yeah. I see. Okay, so that was quite informative talk actually, Simi. Well, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts with us today. It's been really great talking to you. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Broadcasting from Boston, Massachusetts, the Smart Cities podcast is the only podcast dedicated to all things smart cities. The podcast is the creation of ARC Advisory Group's Smart City Practice. ARC advises leading companies, municipalities, and governments on technology trends and market dynamics that affect their business and quality of life in their cities. To engage further, please like and share our podcast or reach out directly on Twitter at Smart City Viewpoints or on our website at www.arcweb.com backslash industries backslash smart dash cities.